With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Nicholas Speculation from the TCL Broadcast Studios. You're listening to Mackie and Judd. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. And I think that something Paul and Thad and I all discussed this morning was what what has transpired over the last 12 months. We we went into this season with a certain expectation around continued growth and development off of last year. Certainly we took a step backward you know, um, as, as a team collectively this year. And as we thought about where we are now and moving into next year and the years beyond, uh, we're in, we believe we're in a slightly different spot around continuing to grow these, these young players and thinking about what the long-term timeline looks like. Now, I will say in conversation with Paul last year at that time, we did talk about what the future could look like if he wasn't managing, and it, 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 and it's never the right time to make a difficult decision, and it's never easy. You have to weigh all the factors that we learned about this team this year, where we are, what we need to do moving forward, and we felt like now was the time to have that conversation with Paul. Yeah, that was from earlier the press conference from a couple hours ago. Uh, Derek Falvey, I just been, I've been trying to get more answers on the why here because people want to know why Paul Molitor, man, why, why, how is it his fault that? You know, that they had a depleted roster. And is it his fault that Miguel Sano is underperforming? And I would argue, I mean, to some extent, you're responsible for the performance of your team. And if you're not, then what is the point of even paying a manager seven figures? But uh, I, one thing I did hear in just talking to different people in the last couple hours is there may have been a little disconnect among between like coaching staff and players and this thread that Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are throwing out about connecting and communication, that that's not just a company line, that there were some issues in that area, whether it was directly Paul Molitor and players and coaches or whether it was a combination of coaches on the staff. Yep. But then as Judd and I were talking during the break, I mean, Falvey and Levine kind of handpicked some of these coaches to go with Paul Molitor, your, right? What, your pitching coach, hitting coach, correct? Your uh, multifaceted ninja coach, Jeff yeah. Pickler. Yeah, Jeff, yep. Uh, bench coach, too. Yeah. With uh, Shelton as well. Yeah. It was, I told you this, I was told in late July by by a person who's around that team constantly, it was not a good clubhouse. And now th- the reason that was given to me at that time was because they had signed all these veterans to basically one-year contracts, and that so instead of them trying to thrive, they became disgruntled. But that was not... As far as harmony went, that was not a that was not a clubhouse that that pulled together like 2017 did. It just didn't. Mm-hmm. It it didn't work. And if that's Paul's fault, but you know what? Once again, this comes down to 
you could probably find a way to place blame exactly where you want to to make the change. Yeah. Like like you could say, well, yeah, but Paul didn't sign all these guys to contracts and he didn't hire all, all these coaches. And I could say, yeah, but it was his job to to smooth things over and he didn't. So this does come back to if you want to find blame and place it, you can. Yeah, I feel like when you watch football, you know, it's pretty obvious if if a team, you know, if it to place blame whether it's front office or coaching, you say, "Okay, well, if a team has Matt Ryan as its quarterback and can't complete a pass in the red zone to Julio Jones for a touchdown because they keep writing the same play over and over again, that's probably coaching, right? Mm-hmm. That's probably Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. Who's <laughs> really bad, and we can blame him. But Go right it, ahead. But if you have an offensive line and you've never drafted a first round or whatever, like, you know, you could oh, look that's at the Vikings, yeah. Because Vikings say, okay, mm-hmm. pretty obvious who's to blame here, right? In baseball, it's a lot harder. Well, they don't have the talent. Okay, but sometimes. Talent needs to be watered properly in baseball. Oakland. It needs to be massaged, right? Yeah, no one's ever heard of 20 of the guys on Oakland's roster. Edwin Jackson starting. Right? They won like 100 games. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's, there are some names out there of manager candidates. That This Brad yes. Mills is one that's been thrown out. Yeah, he's 61. That one strikes me as a bit odd. Not, not to uh, be an ageist, but 61, if you're going to fire Paul, who's what, 62, 63? Uh, John McDonald, who is a 44-year-old former big league infielder and is now the infield coordinator for Cleveland. I saw Bannister's name get thrown out there, too, by a couple of people. Okay. He just got fired by the Rangers the last Rangers. week. Yes. And Fad would have worked with him in Texas, I would imagine. Yes. Yep. So somebody by the name of Jace Tingler, who's 37 and is an outfield coach for Texas. Jace Tingler? Tingler. T-I-N-G-L-E-R, as, uh, as tweeted out by John Morosi. And then the Cubs bench coach, 44-year-old Brandon Hyde. It was very interesting that Levine went out of his way to say, since since Derek and I came here, though, we, we have not hired from Cleveland or Texas. Which me, leads me down the path of... It's time to hire from Cleveland or Texas. If you're going to say that, you're going to hire from Cleveland or Texas. Yeah, why would you go out of your way? It wasn't like anyone brought that up. It was totally unprompted. It was almost his way of saying, hey, we've built this staff... We've scoured the earth. We've built this staff, and now we're going to go to the people that we're familiar with. <laughs> exactly, because this isn't working as well as we wanted it to work. <laughs> I agree completely with that. Um, well, you wonder too. I mean, well, because what's funny about that is even going back to across the street at Target Center, <laughs> it's like the complete opposite, right? Like the head coach slash president of basketball operations over there has basically made a third of his roster former Chicago Bulls players. Like, he's done the complete opposite. And here are Derek and Thad across the street at Target Field who yeah. haven't done any of that. They haven't – they're not going and signing a bunch of former Indian players or former uh, Rangers players or hiring a bunch of coaches that were in either through those two organizations. I think that's the right way to do it, too. I don't think you should always lean on, you know, players that you that played for you or or – people that you worked with in the other organization like be confident that you can go out and and find others i'm also looking at some of the best managers in baseball right now and trying to find patterns all right what and some of this is like terry francona is different than alex cora and that terry francona is from a previous generation but uh, alex cora aj hinge and aaron boone are pretty widely regarded right now as three of the best managers in baseball and those are the three best records in the american league as well talent helps Helps to have Justin Verlander, you know, come come your way at the trade deadline. Helps to have Aaron Judge. 
and John Carlos Stanton and Mookie Betts. But Alex Cora, A.J. Hinch, and Aaron Boone were all born in 1973 or 1974, so all recently played the oh, game. They're youngins. You know, so they they all they all played the game within about the last decade, or you could maybe stretch that out to the last decade and a half or so. Mm-hmm. So they're a little more familiar with the modern game and maybe been in clubhouses more recently as a player, right? Um, I don't know. I I don't know if that's a prerequisite. All three of those guys had moderate success as major leaguers. So well, well I will say this: I remember four years ago or around four years ago, when the Astros fired Bo Porter. And I remember thinking, are these guys crazy? The roster is terrible. Why is he? Why is Bo Porter the scapegoat? Mm-hmm. And then look what happened. They hired A.J. Hinch, and a couple of years later, they won the World Series. Yeah, And now, they, they became, I mean, even, and, and they didn't just pop up out of nowhere to win the World Series. Like, they were good the year before and the year before that. So Yeah, and so how much of that is, they got the right guy in there to pull the right strings and to lead yeah. the right way. Yep. Uh, versus, oh, George Springer came of age, and uh, Alex Bregman was Cora. drafted and came of age. I mean, some of it's talent influx and maturity, and some of it is the right button pushing. Cora yeah. and Hinch also strike me as Steve Kerr types too. I think yeah. in I think in 2018, no matter what the sport. It's getting more and more mandatory to have people who can adapt and adjust and identify with the players. I really do. I think the days of walking into a clubhouse and saying, I'm in charge of this team and you're not, so shut up, are gone. As talented as the Golden State Warriors are, and they've got four of the top 20 players in the NBA, I'm not sure they would have won an NBA title if they would have kept Mark Jackson as the coach. I'm not sure sure they would have. But they they also were smart enough to, to see where he was trending and said, we can't go there. We can't afford, right. mm-hmm. if, if we're going to maximize our potential, we've got to go get the a guy was perfect. who can identify with them. There's, an, there's another, important. another thing just popped into my head, another reason for, it wouldn't be the number one reason, but it could be on a list of five reasons why Falvey and Levine were anxious to get rid of Paul Molitor, not only this year, but maybe even last year and maybe even when they took the job. I want to run it by you guys when we come back. We'll get to Roycey. We usually wrap with Roycey, but... This is this is so in Royce's wheelhouse that uh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna get him on the phone around five thirty today. And also a quick plug for the Touch 'Em All podcast. We recorded an emergency episode from earlier today. Uh, Derek and I, 15, 20 minutes, just initial thoughts as the news was breaking. So you can go find that on fifteen hundred ESPN dot com and uh, anywhere you would download podcasts. Judd Zolgad. But first, it's time to talk to Mister Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not. Mackie and Judd are back. We're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Quick check in on your traffic. We still have uh, that crash that is closing things down to one lane in Rogers uh, on 94 eastbound. That's near Main Street and Brockton Lane uh, in Rogers. Adding 25 minutes to your commute. So if you're headed into the Twin Cities uh, on 94 that is out there, and uh, be aware of that. All right, thank you, Manny. All right, we've, we've done a deep dive here for just over two hours on the, the Paul Molitor News, which you can find full coverage of on 1500ESPN.com, Emergency Touch Em All podcast, Purple Live, the debut of Purple Live in about 45 minutes from now with Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin and uh, Manny Hill. We'll, we'll uh, Instead of rapping with Royce, we'll get to Royce in about 13 minutes. But it, it, a thought occurred to me at the end of that last segment – Reasons why they made this move. 
and one that we haven't talked about yet in the two plus hours of the show. I don't think this would ever be the number one reason why they wanted Molitor out, whether it was this year, last year, or two years ago, but I think it's on a short list. Paul Molitor represents the last vestige of old twins thinking, even if he's unfairly lumped into that group. I think Paul always had an outsider's perspective, even though he was part of the twins organization. You know, he was he wasn't one of Guardy's guys necessarily. Not he at was, all. You know, in fact, they you know, there was some tension there, right? <laughs> they might have clashed for a year there. But I think because he's associated with the Twins going back about two decades mm-hmm. in different roles, and because he's in tight with the poll ads and all those things, I feel like whether it was consciously or subconsciously, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine came in and said, we need to wipe this slate clean. This old thinking, there's a reason why this team was 90-loss machine for the decade leading up to us getting the keys here and it it took until right now for them to actually pull the trigger and get rid of the last vestige of old twins thinking and you could maybe put eddie gordado in there too and i'm guessing he's not going to be part of the coaching staff right their guys will just bring in completely new thinking from outside the organization at all of those key positions and that and that's why it it is intriguing that this was the one job that, that when these guys were hired they weren't allowed to touch there is no way there is no if if Falvey had 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 his choice in 2016 and come in and walked in that door, guys. There is no way on God's green earth that he he would have said, "I'm keeping Paul." He would have fired him instantly. And you know, coming off a 103 loss, absolute season, yeah. no chance. He he yeah. now now in some ways though, the one good good thing about this could be that that Falvey and Levine have grown as executives. And are going to have an even better idea now what they want than they did in 2016. Yeah, and it's, so isn't it that possible chance. that they would have? It, Manny brought up Bo Porter as an example. I mean, when Bo Porter took that job, that he had to have known that was a sacrificial lamb job because they stripped that payroll down at one point mm-hmm. midseason to 11 million dollars. The team payroll for Houston it was 11 million dollars. And I, when Bo Porter took that job, and Houston was in the middle of gutting everything. Once that thing started to rise back up, what were the chances really that he was going to be part of it? So don't you think even if Levine and Falvey had hired someone that they wanted to two years ago, that that, that person would have also been ripe for the picking? Subject that, to change? Yeah, that they might, have, they might have hired a transitional manager Maybe. to get them two or three years down the road. I mean, Golden State Warriors, Manny brought them up earlier in the show too. Possibly. But, but this does do one thing. For all the people out there who say cheap poll ads, it shows that you can get them to pay people off to go away. This does show that they are willing in this case because that was a three-year extension. He's got two years left. Yeah, it ain't that much money, though, right? It's like $3 million, yeah, $3.25 it's not, million. But, my, but my, po- my point is it does show you that as much as Jim said two years ago that Paul is not going to be fired, they came back now and said, okay, now's the time, no. and they said fine. What is your, uh, what's your approval rating percentage-wise right now, just in your head, of, of Falvey and Levine? Mine, zero. Oh, of them, okay, sorry. Of what? You you said yours. I, I said of mine. Of mine, <laughs> zero. It's not high. There's all get approval rating right now. It's very low. Like if, okay, if 100, if you, just your own percentage, 100% being that you have almighty faith and they will yeah. win a world series in zero percent more like that caller mitch from an hour ago that called them clowns four times in his two-minute phone call what percentage fun. would you put on falvey and levine right now manny i would probably i guess if i could give them like a grade 
I would probably give them like a C plus right now. It's very incomplete. Right. And that's, I, I, I give, I give them a C plus with the idea that, I mean, it can certainly turn into a B or an A over the next couple of years if they get things going, but it's hard for me to give them like an A or on the opposite side, an F two years into this thing, because we just, we just don't know. Now the thing of it is now that they've made this managerial change, the guy that they bring in ideally needs to get things going in the right direction. And if he doesn't, then that's going to fall back on them. And then that's where you, you lower the grade for him. So, but I would say probably like, like a C plus right now. Uh, if I was to put a percentage on it right now, knowing what we've seen so far, a world series, I say about 5%. You have a 5% approval rating of Falcon. 5%, and Levine 5% right now? chance. So you well, think that if, they're, you think that they're clowns basically. If the, if you're asking me from, from, what I've seen now, I need to see a lot more. Okay. But, but I still don't pretty, know. I still don't no, know. But like 5%, you know. Like 5% well, listen, is saying that you think that they're absolutely decline, incompetent John. and listen, they, they, they should listen, be fired. The, the, Buc- the Buxton thing, I'm sorry, as bad as Buxton was, that was handled as poorly as you could possibly do it. This Sanoa thing, unless you get this together, unless you go to, if Miguel Sanoa really goes home and says, I've got this, and you're like, can't do a thing about it. Well, that's CBA stands in my way. That's a major problem. And that's the other thing you have to look so, at. And that's where I'm at. And we've talked like if those two guys can't get going, then as far as like young prospects coming up, you're looking at Royce Lewis, right? As the next hope. So and I, he's like a couple of years away from even seeing the big league. Yeah. He should Royce Lewis might be up as a September call up next year, but in terms of being a contributor on a regular basis, 2020. I'm at like a 75%. And P- I know people are going to drive off the road because I'm a homer. No, they and, just and those, did. Well, I just gave hopefully them a they're still just going off a bridge that's right about now. 75%. Okay. But, but like, yeah. So you're like a 65, 75%. Yeah. And I say 75% because a lot of the moves that they made, let's start with free agency, okay? They went out and they spent a bunch of money on guys with good track records who just gave you nothing. Or in Fernando Rodney's case, was traded away. He had a bad April, and then he was really good for two months. And they traded him away because their team wasn't good enough to keep a 40-year-old closer. Lance Lynn was a was a damn good signing that just turned out to be garbage for four months. Lance Lynn gave you no indication that he was going to be one of the worst pitchers in baseball for two or three months. Mm-hmm. And I was on board with it, and a lot of people yeah. were on board with well, it. So was Logan I. Morrison yeah. hit just shy of 40 home runs last year. And gave you no indication that he was going to just completely fall off the map and have his worst season of all time. And they were careful. It wasn't like they gave a three-year, $40 million deal to Lance Lynn. They tried to pay $100 million for for you, Darvish. Thank had God. They, had they completed that signing, we would yeah. have ripped him more for a guy who undergoing his second Tommy John surgery. And everybody was mad at them for not signing but, him or not going and not upping the price and right. spending but all the this, money that the Cubs but this, ended up spending. They also have one of the top... I would say eight farm systems in baseball again, but that's not I, like that's not a good selling point for right. fans who still have post traumatic Byron Snow Buxton and, syndrome. The Sano and Buxton things are huge. Yeah, that's them. To to me, that's that's. Can you now? Because e- even if you blame a fraction of that on Paul, you have to look in the mirror and realize that you're at fault too. And the question becomes because that's two guys. If if it was one of the two, I think I, I wouldn't be as skeptical, but. I said from the day that these guys arrived, I have to wait to pass judgment on them, and I'm still there. And there are things I'm skeptical about, and there were things that happened this year that concern me. 
They just fired more people here. A, a new release came I out. Just they the just fired their strength and conditioning coordinator and their strength and conditioning assistant. So a bunch of wimps in that clubhouse. We're going to get them stronger. And they fired a bunch of minor league coaches, including Chad Allen, AAA hitting coach. They fired mm-hmm. their AAA strength and conditioning coach, their AA pitching coach, their AA strength and conditioning. They, they basically fired all of their strength and conditioning coaches from AA all the way up to the major leagues. Hire a bunch of big guys. Hold, hold Miguel down and say you're not getting on that airplane and going home to eat. Yeah, that, that's what you got to do. In fact, the guy who because he was in Fort Myers for us, so they they looks like they kept the Fort Myers. The guy who helped him lose thirty pounds over the okay, course. Okay, well six that's weeks. a start. That guy keeps his job. The but rest Miguel of needs to continue to work with said guy, or else we're all in trouble. Uh, all right, let's get Roycey on the phone here. I'm guessing he has takes on Paul Molitor being fired. Oh, I'm gonna guess. I'm, I bet he has a few. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. There used to be a, a wall. I think that's how somebody described it to me. A wall between the manager's office and the front office. And the manager in the in the day of Tory and La Russa and Cox and you know we could spew out the names. Those were men who had incredible stature and presence and did the job their way. That's not the world now. The job is completely collaborative. But Paul Molitor did that. He implemented everything they wanted him to do. The twins shifted really effectively. They used the opener. They played that four-man outfield. He made so much effort to be comfortable with all of it. And that wasn't just he'd do it because they wanted him to do it. If you, try, if you talk to him about it, he completely understood it. That's the part of this I don't get. Jason Stark was awesome on this show about two hours ago. Go find it on demand later on. We usually wrap with Roycey, and we are. We're just going to start earlier because there's a lot to discuss. Pat, the big breaking news from today, Chad Allen relieved as AAA hitting coach. What are your thoughts? Well, I, my thoughts are that uh, Doug McCavage will have him in Toledo next year because they're joined. They love each other. So uh, that's, uh, that's it. Although I think the fact that they hit 227 at Rochester this year Ugh. probably cost him his job. Let me say something. Get Doug Bernier back I, and that won't happen. Let me, let me say something. If, J, if I wasn't running against Jason Stark for the uh, Spink Award, I'd say how really well uh, stated that thing was, but uh, or that he just that you just played. But you should sling mud at him instead. Yes, I should. You know, did you? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for dirt right now. I got uh, I got the the Kavanaugh people looking for. Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're working hard for that. Your thoughts, yeah. sir? Oh well, I think uh, you you and I had the same feeling, Sunny. I've actually yes. had the feeling since Friday night when uh, some twins. Official uh, kind of cornered me in the back of the uh, press box to uh, read the room as to how I was going to react if this happened. So uh, uh, it's uh, I've, I've kind of known it since then. Uh, Molitor uh, a year ago in the middle of September was telling friends that they were going to fire him. So hmm. he's not he's not surprised at all. They uh, they ended up getting stuck because he. Uh, you know they played well. Uh, they played well enough to get in the wild card game, and, uh, and I mean they didn't know when they gave him the contract. They didn't know he was going to be the manager of the year, but they uh, they were going to fire him last year, and uh, so this is 
they've been looking, and everybody says they want their own man, and we'll see if they have their own man or if this is going to be some big process. Because as uh, Jason was saying there, really he did all the uh, nonsense they wanted him to do, including the opener, for God's sake. So. Yeah, so but uh, they, did, they didn't want him. They, I think they saw him as the old ways. And you're going to blow out the whole coach. You know, you're going to blow out a lot of the coaching staff. Or all, although they already had made, what, four changes on the coaching staff, right, that weren't his guys. So I, 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 I guess I'm not surprised. And I heard, uh, I saw Jed on Twitter saying that, uh, you know, there's not really big outrage from the public. Well, one good reason is uh, that the, there's so much apathy about the Twins right now. I don't think people care one way or another. Yeah, so I, my theory on it, Pat, is... If if this is Captain Obvious stuff here, but if Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano had been performing at a level that we all thought that they would, yeah. the, the team would be better, and we wouldn't be having this conversation. So, if if that's one of the big reasons, if they're if we're talking about a lack of connection, and maybe that has to do with Buxton Sano, what percentage of that is on Molitor's lap? Those guys not performing in your mind? Uh, zero. Okay. Unless you want him to go to uh, Dominican and say, "Don't eat that fatty," and uh, uh, or uh, you know, Buxton, I think uh, I don't know. I think the big screw up on Buxton was when they when he had a headache, and the, the, the geniuses back here thought they should put him on the DL uh, because he had a headache for three days because uh, they thought somehow that would you know they could fix him uh, during that time, and then the whole thing went downhill, but. I don't know. I'm, uh, you know, who, who helped Buxton last year to look like a hitter? I don't, I don't know. Was it was it Molitor? Was it uh, was it uh, the, the, uh, James Rousen? Who who helped yeah. him look like a hitter last year? That the same guys telling him the same things didn't work this year. Yeah. I don't think it's who's the, the same guys were delivering the message in 2017 as in 2018. Yeah. Well, so. I, I, I think so. I, I just, I think the answer is more than zero. It's not a hundred percent. I don't know. I don't know what percentage falls on the manager, but they're, it's pretty clear that they're banking on that. They can find someone to come in and through whatever means, get through to those two guys and and whether they're right or wrong we'll find out but i mean they're basically banking on if we find our alex cora and that guy's going to connect with miguel sano and turn him into a monster mm-hmm. or byron yeah. buxton and we'll find out well i uh, you know certainly that's maybe what their uh, that's what their excuse is but uh that's you know if buxton and sano had performed this year uh Molitor would have won enough games that they couldn't have fired him right so they would have been in the mid eighties again, right? So they couldn't have fired him. Whether uh you know but but I think they're now using those two guys as an excuse for firing a guy they wanted to fire last year. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to fire him since they got here, in my opinion. So you know you know what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. Is yeah. is is that's that can be their rationale for, uh, well, we need somebody who could get through to these two guys. Well, good luck. <laughs> now, here's the here's the hope already, I would think, is the fact that Sano, as rotten as he was when he got back at the plate, at least maybe it did get through his thick head when they sent him to Fort Myers for six weeks or whatever it was that, hey, this is not the life I want to live, but we'll see. We'll see. And they say they're going to check on him every week or 10 days this spring. I mean, this winter, 
Well, it better not be a, a calling him on the phone saying what kind of shape you're in. It better be somebody standing there next to him looking what seeing what he looks like. Pat, do you think with, with all the money that came off the books and, you know, they signed Morrison and, and Lynn to one-year contracts, so th- that money's off the books, Dozier's money's off the books, Joe's obviously coming off the books. Do you anticipate them going in, on a big spending spree this winter, or are they going to no. slow cook no, this No, I thing? think my guess is they're going to uh, Houston it, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. But what do you think, Phil? I think they're going to... I think they're gonna fifty million it and start the value. You know, lose lose a hundred games and uh, start trying to put it together for three years from now. Well, I would. I I guess I hadn't thought about that. I guess my my instinct says that they're gonna. I but now that you've brought that up, if they have assurance from the Polad family that if they do Mm -hmm. that, they get three plus years and and they're gonna have to endure because. No Let's wonder Joe it. said, see you later. They're going to get torched by radio. They're, I'm guessing you're going to have a few things to say in the Star Tribune, and they're going to have to be able to endure that as a family and as an organization if they decide to tank for the next two or three years. But would it would it shock me if that's their strategy? I mean, that's what the Cubs did. That's what Houston did. I mean, that's Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, you know, the Cubs only had to do it, what, twice, two years maybe? Two years they had to do it because uh, they, they actually had some people. Here's their problem. These guys, the future is not close. That's the problem, right? The future is an A ball or maybe double A at, at the best. The future is not right around the corner. So you can put these guys in. You can't put Alex Kirilov and Royce Lewis in the lineup until 2021 in all likelihood. So are you going to, you know, take your lumps for two years when you're in as bad a shape as they are with the public right now? They are in terrible shape with the public right now i i really feel and not because they fired paul molitor just because uh you can't sell the idea of prospects anymore because the two greatest prospects you've ever had flopped together and because uh, there's so much apathy right well there's so it's this is a vicious market this is there's just we have reason we have good reason to be we're tired of it all I know, but what I'm saying is, you you got the Vikings. First of all, the Vikings, when they went into that new stadium, started sucking uh, tens of millions of dollars out of the uh, the Twin City sports market for suites and everything else that hadn't been sucked out before. The Gopher football, they're they're seeing part of that because it cost you two or three times as much to go to a Viking game now as it did yeah. before. They sucked. At tens of millions out, and you got the you know soccer. Now, now the people who want to go to a game at you know the the twenty five year olds who don't really care, uh, you're going to go to Target Field and have a few drinks and a hamburger. They're going to go to the soccer stadium and have a few beat drinks and a hamburger. Uh, they there is this market is so damn competitive that uh, they're in, they're they're hurting for certain here. So, Patrick, if you are head of ticket sales for the Twins and you're you have out to making calls in December, what the hell do you tell people now? I don't know. You tell them, please hang with us. Is all you can tell them. I don't know. They're they're already people. I love. We promise people. not to the baseball. Poll ads don't, the poll ads don't care. They're still making bits of money. It cost them over $40 million a year more to operate it between paying off the debt of their share of the stadium and running Target Field 
and everything else they've done, it cost them over $40 million more to operate just without payroll than it did at the Metrodome. So this is, uh, you know, they, they, this is a big nut to crack they have now. And this is a, they're in a crisis, but maybe the only way out of it is to just get the hell kicked out of you for two more years and hope you come out the other end uh, with a with a championship type contending ball club. And that that to me is what they did today. I, that that they're saying that's the message they're saying is, you know, this is a rebuild and we're gonna. I, I think it's a complete rebuild. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Stick with us. That'll be the new slogan next year, right? <laughs> Stick with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think I wrote a column on that and said, "Good luck or wish us luck." Was the one I, the one I, uh, I don't know. You know, I suppose if they had, hey guys, if they had any faith in Buxton and Sano and Kepler. By the way, he hit two twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could go out and. Make some additions, but what are you going to go out and get five guys? You know, you got you 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 got to give Snow and Buxton one more chance, don't you? You got to give oh, them yeah. one more chance. Yeah, absolutely, and if you can't trade them. It would be yes. a horrible time to trade them yes. this off season. You got to give them one more chance, but what if you go out and you know get who who are you going to go get? I mean, what what we're, you got to get? Obviously, a higher level than Logan Morrison. So who are you who are you going to go get Elvis Andrus or somebody like that? I mean, to play shortstop, are you going to go do that? Are you going to try to do what Baltimore did this year and get and get a you know bunch of veterans and try to do it one more time and lose 113 games or 14 games? I mean, I to me, they don't have any idea what they got, so it's hard to say what they need to add. They had one regular player for next year in the lineup at the end of the season after Rosario got hurt. I guess Kepler too. Polanco, and he's playing out of position. He should be playing second base. He also had so, some vitamins in his system last year that make it hard it, it makes it hard to evaluate who he is as a player. Yes, yes it is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, what the it's it's to me they have no idea what they got except they have a firm belief that they made good trades for all these veterans. And that they've built up the lower levels of the farm system, but that doesn't say anything about 2019. That said something about 2021. So, are you going to, as I said, are you going to, you know, just spend two years taking your lumps, losing a uh, losing 90 to 100 games again? Hey, can we get some bonus Pat here in a couple sure. months? All right, Pat, Pat, uh, we're wrapping with Ricey officially when we come back. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley Dokley. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic. Uh, your traffic before we wrap with Royce, 94 westbound, we have a crash near the uh, 5th Street exit in Minneapolis, adding about 17 minutes to your commute if you're headed westbound on 94 towards uh, downtown Minneapolis. So be on the lookout for that, Bill. All right, thank you, Manny. All right, bonus Royce here. We wrap with Royce. Uh, we got about, I don't know, six or seven minutes left. So, Pat, Judd and I were just talking about this whole, if, if they go into full tank mode and they go, in, they go into Houston Astros or Chicago Cubs mode, Aside from the fact that the public would hate it, 
and it would look really bad from a PR perspective. They'd take even more of a bath on tickets and revenue and things like that. Just from a baseball standpoint, would that be the best approach right now? I think it depends upon uh, almost what you see next April. Uh, but you know, uh, if, Buxton, if Buxton and Sano are failures, yes, it would be. Yes, it would be. If Max Kepler, by the way, as I wrote Sunday, he surprises me more than anybody. Yep. He's got a swing. He's an athlete. What the hell? It's He's weird. 22. You know? It's Come on, weird. hit some, get, get it to go. But I, it, uh, we, I've decided that in the history of Minnesota sports, young, you know, phenoms who we've been waiting for, no matter what sport it was, and maybe Leitner and Ryder would be the closest thing, right? And that they were both knuckleheads. But Snow and Buxton are the biggest twin flops. And by that, I mean two people, not Minnesota twins flops that we've ever had here in, uh, in major league sports. And I don't think, how do you, how do you make any determinations on what you're going to do for next season until you find out? what you got in those two guys i i don't know so pat if you could if if you had to predict and and you can only save one which one do you think gets saved uh well buxton probably everybody says that because he's got the natural gifts but he doesn't have a big league swing i don't think so uh i i don't know what what terrified me about sano is that he lost 20 pounds he <laughs> looked he looked the best he's looked since uh, 2015, and he still couldn't hit a fastball that was above his belly button. 199. So, so, I mean, he was striking out just as much as he ever struck out. So, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe velocity. I think those. You know, we Buster was talking to us this year earlier about how you look up how many guys are having trouble with velocity in the modern baseball era who used to be. Competent guys. Dozier was one of them. Dozier was having a hard time with velocity with the real good fastball, 94 over. And Buxton and Sano might, maybe they're, maybe neither of them can hit velocity. I don't know. Pat, I, I think, I'm, Pat, I think the other thing too that we haven't really even talked about is, is the starting pitching. I mean, Barrios isn't terrible, but. I think the the jury is still out on whether or not he's a number one, and I know that you've talked recently about that. It's starting to look like he might not be a number one, and now I mean, Gonsalves doesn't look very good right now. I mean, he's had some moments, but I mean, the the, the pitching me, too is a bit of a me, question mark, right? Let me set it straight. I I still like Brios a lot. I, yeah. you know, that's that's it's it's just he's got to get some more consistency. But, uh, and, you know, Gibson and him coming into the season, you've, you got two guys. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe you use three openers. Uh, I was talking to Tim Wander. <laughs> mark, mark, the, mark the tape. Patches said it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got, but I, I was talking to Laudner, and Laudner's theory is that this is a market correction, that rather than paying fourth and fifth starters $50 million for a four year contract, Teams are saying the hell with it. We'll have our three starters who are good, and we'll figure out a way not to pay the fourth and the fifth. So that you know, yeah. I don't think that's. I guess that's been said other places, but he was. We were talking about it, and uh, I think it maybe that's correct. I I don't know, but uh, they they are. Uh, I think Paul. Uh, congratulations to Paul, by the way. Last year when. Uh, 
when he when he put him in a predicament where they had to bring him back, and he held out for a three year contract because <laughs> he did. You know, they called him in like two days later and said, "Hey, we're going to give you a two year contract." He said, "Ah, not, not really." You know, so he held. He he hard nosed him a little bit and got himself. I he, not a lot of money, but he got himself a little more security. I do get a kick out of, by the way, the. He's going to be a senior consultant who's, uh, who's, if he wants to be, whose opinion is very valid. The other senior consultant that I know, his former manager, uh, he's still waiting for his first phone call, I believe. <laughs> um. Yeah, the, the one that lives out in Maplewood. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. Yeah, we, we won't name him, but, but he's not being harassed unmercifully, being asked for advice. Let's put it on that. <laughs> you know, and by the way, they owe all the money, so why the hell would he work for free? You know? Yeah. Man. Right? Yeah, what? They, I, I don't know. This is another theory, too, that it's, is, is it possible that even though it's not fair, because Paul Molitor is definitely much more forward-thinking than some of the old Twins classic names here, but is it possible that Paul Molitor represents the last vestige in the minds of Falvey and Levine of yes. sort of the old Twins way, and they yes. couldn't really yes. move forward until they get past that in their minds? Yeah. Uh, th- that, yes, I believe you're uh, absolutely correct. In fact, when I had a conversation Friday, that's exactly what they were telling me, that the Twins have the worst record in baseball the last eight years. Yeah. And mm-hmm. these guys are, uh, they, 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 they feel like they got to blow up everything. And, of course, my point was, well, you've already blown up damn near everything, and they, they feel like they've only blown up 50% of it, and they're now going to blow up the other 50%. So. That's uh, you know I, I think you, I think that's a hundred percent correct what you just said is that they're, they're you know I mean they're gonna who who used to, I mean they got rid of guys like Artiaga Artega the the pitching coach today who was a you know everybody says good things about him and he's yeah. been in the minor leagues and they got rid of him because he's been you know the coaches who worked for the old regime. Better start looking for jobs. Yeah, they they, uh, they got rid of every strength and conditioning coach from Double A yeah. all the way up. Your guy Perry yeah. got let go. Yes, and Eric Beezer, who was like everybody was raving about him a couple of years ago. He was my neighbor out there in the little complex out in the jungle, and everybody was raving about him. And this should be the guy they should have up here in the big leagues. He got fired today. Yeah. Pat, we'll catch up. We'll catch up Good tomorrow. Stuff, Pat. See you. All right, gentlemen. Bye. All right. right. Find Royce Star Tribune. He joins us every day. Interesting, interesting day in Twinsland. Chad Allen no longer the AAA hitting coach. Oh, and Paul Molitor's out too. And Dougie's still mad. Minkavich, I'm sure, raging again. Maybe he'll throw his hat in the ring. It's open again. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be very anxious to work for these guys. Uh, Coming up next, the debut of Purple Live, a weekly Vikings-centric show. All the football you can eat with Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin, and Manny's going to hang around. And you can find all of our stuff, including Jason Stark and all of the Paul Molitor reaction on 1500ESPN.com. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.